No one will be admitted after the guests check in. Does it still say episode two? Welcome to episode three. I think it does. For it, sure does. it does. The lost episode. Yeah, it's good. It was good to be lost. Yeah, <laughs> thank God it was lost. It was not a good episode. Mm. You're trying so hard though. Yeah. I mean, you covered a lot of ground, but it was just she covered a lot of ground. I ran the episode. It just sounded like garbage. Yeah. We'll get to it one day. One day. My name is. Alexa, Flex, Alexa, Alexa, yeah, Greyhound in heels, five-time world kaiju arm wrestling champion, and also Truckosaurus. Yes, Truckosaurus. I go by many a name, but no one knows what my face looks like. That's the trick. Yeah, she's the faceless Truckosaurus. Uh huh. That's what makes me so scary when I creep up behind you. Yeah. Uh, it's very hard for you to creep with all the <laughs> And you see like the ripples in the water. Yeah, no, when I'm downstairs ordering pizza and she's up here waiting for it, I just hear clomp for lack of a better. No, that is the best word. <laughs> <laughs> well, not that fast. <laughs> Michael, my god. <laughs> a bunch of Japanese people are running from your apartment. <laughs> Across the table from me, soon to be father and sweetheart of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Everybody's favorite, Ben the Beardo. Ben the fucking Beardo. Thanks, guys. I'm pretty sure I'm the least favorite because my episodes so. have the least amount of listens. But thank you for that. No, well, you do pick terrible topics. I mean, other than everybody telling me <laughs> that you're the least favorite. Two two four nine. I don't. I don't. I'm just gonna kill myself. Kill yourself. Two, uh, two, two, five, uh. Kill yourself. Two, two, four, nine. Suicide pact. Suicide pact. Suicide pact. Alright. And. Dick Fetty. Dick Fetty. Your mustache is doing this nice little curl thing? Yeah. Sometimes it curls in my mouth though, it's less good. Yeah. Like when you're eating a hot dog? Yeah. No, I was eating gumbo. Ugh. Really gummed it up. I was walking with my mom today. And I, I <laughs> lit a cigarette like halfway through her walk. She was like, "Well, enjoy that because if you're gonna walk with me, you're that'll be the last cigarette that you have." And I was like, "Well, I just won't walk with you." So why not just walk and not smoke? Because I wanted to smoke, and that's my God-given right. And she said it's like eating a cheeseburger on the treadmill. Yeah, that's not inaccurate. Well, trying to do cardio good, not cardio so bad. Guys, would have my back. I. 
think eating cheeseburgers while running on a treadmill is a step in the right direction. Thank you, Ben. I think moving while smoking. You know what? Shouldn't even brought that. I'm pretty sure there's also like a word for that, like smoking while walking, and doctors used to tell you to do it, but they also gave people cocaine, so. Yeah, my mama 100% did speed while she was pregnant with my mom, so makes a lot of sense, because doctors were like, you don't want to gain that weight. I mean, amazing. they're not wrong. They just yeah. gave you speed. Well, speed doesn't do anything bad. Everybody yeah. knows that. She yeah. She's faster. Look at my mom. Yeah, your mom's fine. Yeah. She's well-adjusted, and yeah. she is of an even temper. She's like Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, yeah. she's got go she's she's speed. She's Watch her decide to listen to this and choose this yeah. episode and only listen to the beginning and then kill herself. We talk about your mom doing speed in every episode. Do we? No. Oh. But we might. No, my mom didn't do the speed. My grandma did the She did it inadvertently. She did. She did it in utero. Yeah. Through that sweet fallopian tube. Mm. Mm. Main to the brain train. So tonight we're doing... News. Weird news, but what number is it? So weird news for <laughs> radio edit. Fern. Fern. Sound like a race car there. Yeah, Fern. 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 Uh, you counted in Japanese, yeah. much cooler. Yeah. yeah. Well, they almost won a world war. Yeah. Before we get into that, why don't we review the cinematic masterpiece that we watched tonight called The Burning. The Burning with Troy Vernon. And. Not true. He's not in the I don't know. Actors' names. I don't know. That's Except Jason Alexander. Who is in it? That's what I was going to say. Fully, um, full nude. head of hair. Fully nude. He was not fully nude. Oh. Jason well, Alexander. He was a good looking man at the time. Really? The the class clown yeah. of the the campsite. He was the guy who could get you stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he got you stuff. Well, and it's, uh, it's interesting because it was produced by the Weinstein brothers before they were the infamous um, abusers of Hollywood. Wait, are you serious? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Harvey Weinstein also produced Seinfeld. Oh. So Jason Alexander made his feature film debut in 1981, The Burning by Tony May, Ma, Ma, Malum. 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 How many girls do you think Weinstein's like brass on that side? Well, allegedly, the, the secretary on the set claims that it started then. But I don't know that it really goes back that far as not that he wouldn't do it, but I think it's like you kind of go mad with power over time. Yeah. So maybe he was doing it then, but it was probably 1980. I mean, we. So the movie features a lot of sexual harassment and sexual yeah. assault. Yeah. And uh, I don't know whether that was a Weinstein influence or just good old fashioned fun. You keep kissing her until she wants it. Yeah. And that was the. the uh, 30 knows. Yeah. One yes. Still, still yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so. We don't condone that. Oh. No, no, we don't condone sexual assault here. But oh. it is a, and and all the assaulters are punished thoroughly. Yes, that's yeah, true. Yeah, but I also think it's like in the film. And granted, it's 1980, and you see that in a lot of 80 films. It's just like ah, boys being boys. But I, I don't think it is like that. Yeah, I, don't I feel like it is. 
Okay. Well, I disagree. I don't think they portray it that way at all. Um, but it, either way, it's a film that takes place in a summer camp. and That's new. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's very similar to Friday the 13th Part 2. And uh, both films take influence from Bay of Blood, which is an Italian giallo slash slasher pick by Mario Bava and is one of his most famous films. Specifically the use of non-normal, like, I guess not knives and the, the usual slasher instruments. I mean, it's more of a toolbox approach. Yeah, I mean, they, they like, kind of dabbled in that in the first Friday the 13th, but didn't go too much into it. They, yeah. You know, there's an arrow through the bed with Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Which is pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. But, yeah, so it's, uh, it's a good one. I've got the... Blu-ray that was done by Scream Factory or Shot Factory, one of those. Shot Factory. Yeah, and I picked this up four or five years ago when I was sitting for the bar exam. If memory serves me correct, I'd read about it. I, I read that it was pretty good and one of those that wasn't uh, as well loved when it came out. And it was during a year of a ton of slasher films. It's all post-Halloween attempt to recapturing that success. But it's a pretty enjoyable film, and, and there's a decent amount of tension building in the first third of the movie after the initial the initial stuff. They've got like a good 30, 45 minutes where not really a lot happens, a lot of creeping and peeping. Yeah, and the acting isn't terrible. No. For like a, a, a slasher movie that never really made it mainstream-wise. Yeah, I thought it's, it's frankly, a lot of the acting is better than like Friday the 13th, I think. And I think that the... Uh, it's not that I don't like Friday the 13th, but I just think it's a little bit... I know, but that movie's like my baby. I know, but um, I think that the the dialogue's pretty believable. The kids act like kids. There's no wild leaps of logic for the most part. There's a couple scenes, especially as far as the murdering goes, where it doesn't really make sense how Cropsey does his kill or like how he gets in place to get the kill out of seemingly nowhere. He's just like a ghost. Yeah. But so, for those who don't know, the movie like. Dick Fetty said takes place in a summer camp. A bunch of kids try to play a prank on a caretaker at a different camp. Sadistic caretaker. Sadistic. Terrible guy. Weird looking face. Uh, He catches on fire, gets burned. Five years later, he's out for revenge. Mm. And it all goes super well. Everybody winds up safe. Everybody gets laid. Tom Savini does the makeup effects and... well, if you know Tom Savini, you know that it's not going to go well. There's going to be buckets of blood, and it's going to look good. And it does. Fingers get chopped off. Uh-huh. Giant's shears go through necks. Uh-huh. Um, women get assaulted, and then they get their heads slashed and their necks cut. And There is bush in the movie. There is yeah, bush. Yeah, there's bush. Full bush. And no dong. Handsome boys. Attractive women. It's a good time. I mean, and I, I like it because it really is... You feel like most of the actors are... Basically, the age they're portraying are pretty mm-hmm. close to it. You know, they're Except for Jason Alexander. Yeah, who looks like he's 30. So <laughs> minimally 30, so... Maybe he's just always looking that way. But yeah, I've seen The Burning probably five times at this point, and it's it's always enjoyable. Yeah, I love that movie. It's pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. What are your ratings? Solid 8 out of 10. 7.5 to 8, depending on my mood. I'd say a solid uh, top-tier Shears... Ooh, love that. Eight of them. Eight shears. Are those eight sets of shears or eight individual shear blades? Eight sets of shears. We never rate low. No, Death Ship got a low rating. What was like that? 
a rating two point five. I, I gave I gave Snowtown a pretty low rating because yeah. it made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, Snowtown <laughs> was a fucking mess. <laughs> well, it was a good. It wasn't it was a mess of a movie. It was just a rough. Yeah. I was like, that didn't affect me. And then we watched Death Ship, Ship the week after, and I was like, oh wait, this is what being alive and having fun <laughs> feels like. Yeah. I didn't realize. I would give it a. Um, seven. I'm trying to figure out my rating scale. Seven Jason Alexander's out of ten. I would. Yeah, that's a great one. Okay. 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 Yeah, we do get, we've talked about this before, we do get a lot of high ratings, but we tend to watch movies that we enjoy. Yeah. Um, we were going to watch Hellraiser 6 originally tonight, which would have been enjoyable in a certain sense. Yeah. We recently watched Hellraiser 5, and, well, at least, I don't know if you fell asleep, I fell asleep. I don't sleep. <laughs> okay, well that's not even true. Yeah. It's mostly true. Yeah. But, uh... That was not a 7 out of 5. Although, I really did enjoy it. I'd give it a 6.5 out of 10. <laughs> I'd give it a 4 out of 10. How many Hellraisers are there? Uh, a ten, lot. 10, I think, at this point. Because there's... So 6 is from... two. Th- well, that would... No, 5 is 2000. 6 is 2003. And then there is the next one that's like the M- MMO RPG one, which is like 2005. Which I am dying to watch. Yeah, I know. we got to get there. And then there's 2008, which is that horrible looking one. The one that looks like it was shot on like an iPhone. Yeah, and, and the guy who plays Hellraiser just looks like fat and so boring. <laughs> no, it wasn't even him. No, it's not him. Yeah, it's not him. And then there's a brand new one that just came out this year. Really? Year. Yeah. That looks a lot like a like a Rob Zombie video. Or like a, like what I imagine a modern Marilyn Manson video would look like. What? Why do they keep making them? They're fun. Yeah. It's a, it's a property that has a built-in audience. Yeah, that one that we watched, which one was that? Hellraiser 3? Yeah, yeah, that was great. I kind of really want to rewatch they it. Just it was more in nineties. Yeah, pretty much any other horror movie I've ever seen. They became just, uh, deformed and by like what they were doing when they died. Yeah, the white guy. Video like, camera. I mean, if you yeah. watch enough Hellraiser, that kind of makes sense. But yeah. it was like a guy who shoots CDs out of his mouth. Like, <laughs> see, oh, see nobody. Dream. Yeah. <laughs> it was cool. I just remember that mostly. This One guy turned into a giant bag of Doritos and Mountain Dew. <laughs> ah, taste the flavor. All right. Well. You opened it. We came. Why don't you crack on open that disco box? Ah! Wow. The disco box demon has really reformed the sound. Yeah, yeah, he's been doing. He's he's got a vocal coach. Co- yeah, co- co- coach. Vocal coach. Yeah. So he went less high pitch and more like uh, distance. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it a lot. Go ahead. It's open. The demon is out. Show us what you've got, disco man. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. I should just go by Disco Fetty, but it sounds like. Some kind of strange coke-like substance that I would love to try just once. Yeah. yeah. So my first recommendation is the new album by Finnish noise rock band Throat called Bareback. Mm-hmm. By the time this episode is posted, it'll have actually been officially released. 
it's set to come out this Friday, August 31st, and it's on Svart Records, which is a, a pretty big independent label in Finland. They release everything from doom metal to rock and roll to folk music to exotica and the occasional black metal ritual ambient stuff. They've kind of got their hands in a lot of pies. And my understanding from some of the people that have worked with them, they give some artists a lot more attention and love than others, but they, they know how to sell records. They're kind of like, well, not really sub-pop exactly, but they're big and they do a lot of business. Anyways, it's a, it's a step up for Throat, who have mostly been releasing on their own label and occasionally in conjunction with other similar smaller labels. But I saw Throat for the first time two weeks ago live in Philly and they were touring for this album. It was their first tour ever in the United States. And I've met Yuka, who is the lead singer. The last trip I took to Finland, I bought a bunch of records from them on the street in Turku while I was staying with my buddy Pimpty. And they're a band I've really grown to love in the past five years, I guess I would say. Maybe even longer. I think we've listened to them since 2012, 2011, honestly. I guess since really pretty early on. Um, but their new record is... I don't know, I said earlier this year that Portal's Ion was probably my record of the year, but this record is incredible. It's it's really, it's different in a lot of ways than what they've done before. It's a lot weirder. The songs go from their oldest, sludgy, brutal, like really throaty, whoops, um, really like <laughs> rough sounding vocals and like heavy crushing riffs to um, this much more almost melodic kind of grungy influenced alternative rock sound in a certain way but not without any of the bite that they've always had and uh it's just cool to see them experiment so much and every song that's significantly different still really works with the album as a whole and the songs themselves are really well composed and played in a way that makes it still sound like a throat record and the first song is awesome it's this slow dirgy track that's just a lot of a lot less guitar um, and it's acoustic and the vocals are like this slow moving um, and they get a lot more center stage and then it ends with two minutes of just what sounds like scrap metal being pushed and shoved around on the warehouse floor and considering a lot of the groups they're related to or have shared the stage with having this noise influence is so, so shocking and they're pretty friendly with a lot of the noise guys in um, Finland. When I saw them live, their drummer had a White House shirt on and I had my Bizarre Uproar shirt and we both were like, nice shirts. And uh, then it goes into this, you know, again, this, this almost alternative rock, grungy sounding stuff. And then their third song is like a classic style throat song. And it just changes throughout the record. It is really, really good. The lyrics are the best they've written thus far. They're, they've got like, direct but interesting turns of phrase and they're pretty discernible but they also come with a lyric sheet now which is an extra bonus i don't have it as an mp3 yet i only have the lp so i've only been able to listen to it at home which has been nice in the sense of it's forced me to really pay attention to it but it's one of these records where i think that once i get a copy i can bring with me on the go i'm really going to cane the shit out of it because i'm i'm really about it it's it's like it's just awesome to see them turn into such a full-fledged like band with interesting ideas going beyond regurgitating mid-90s noise rock like Unsane and all that kind of stuff. And uh, they've really transcended a lot of their early influences and made 
really interesting, well-composed music. Well, uh, we, we listened to it, what was it, like a week or so ago? Yeah. Side A. I fucking loved it. Yeah, it's really good. I didn't know... I, I never know what genre you're going to bring over or what type of mood you're in. Um, especially as the season like gets closer to a change. Yeah. Your music changes. So... I very much enjoyed it. Yeah, well, I think your first exposure to Throat was a couple of years ago around Christmas. I got really back into them. I picked up their their uh, original demo, which was hard to get and a little bit expensive, and I picked up some of the seven inches I was missing. And I basically have their complete discography, including all their obscure splits and everything else at this point. So, you know, I've been slowly kind of moving along that path of noisy, noise rock, sludge, Kowloon Walled City, Throat, What's the other one? Um, there's another band like that that's escaping me. But it's it's really good shit. And it's kind of like music that I think... You hit like 22, 25, that era, and like you start to get a little older and your world just gets a little bit shittier and it makes yep. a lot of sense. It's <laughs> like... It sounds like mundane misery and there's none of that metal type escapism into catacombs and, and blood sacrifices and it's all just like the world beating you down and, and you're just kind of trying to push back against it but taking it in the ass bareback as it were with mm. no lube you got full circle there yeah that was full that circle that was really good and, and, and as a not even a side note as a full note um, right there next to the Explanation. Their live show was fantastic. They got cut short one song because the fucking venue was having some kind of disco night after the show and they were running long and I was extremely pissed off because to well, it wasn't a far drive for me, but these guys come all the way from Finland and like you're really gonna cut their set, set short? Like you're fucking kidding me. What a shitty venue. But um they played an awesome, awesome set, and I got to be like right there, right in front of Yuka, and I got a really nice video that one day I'm gonna put up on YouTube when I have an extra 10 minutes to think straight. So that's recommendation number one. I think at the end of the year, when I do my uh, top three or five albums of the year, I'm probably gonna be bringing back Bareback. Mm, so. Okay. Uh, to totally switch gears though, I wanna talk about an artist and a record label that I don't think I've really come up much on the show before, but lately I've been playing a shitload of Doom, both both Doom 2016 and I'm in the process of trying to learn how to speedrun the original Doom. And there is one guy who is has been the soundtrack to Doom since I was 14, 13 or 14. And that guy is Technical Itch, who is a uh, drum and bass producer of the quote-unquote dark core variety, which is a specific type of sound that is... It's basically, they took Tech Step and they took all the sort of techno influence and, and, and sci-fi synthesizer sounds, but made it darker, scarier, with a heavy, heavy focus on the Amen breakbeat that's like the most famous drum and bass uh, breakbeat of all time. And it's pretty much anybody who's ever heard like a breakbeat, a jungle, or a drum and bass song has probably heard the Amen um, at, at one point. And Technical Glitch is a master of cutting up the Amen breakbeat into a million different parts and then having like 10 different versions of it in every song. And he does a lot of filter effects and a lot of like quick changes and other drone programming on top of it. But he just is able to keep things really heavy and interesting simultaneously. And it's funny because I listen to his music now and I think it's people like this who have this hard, hard style that influenced uh, seemingly 
artists like Skrillex and all this other awful EDM shit that's like popular now that I can't fucking stand. But these guys like Tekich and Domin Roland and to a lesser extent like Stocker and Skynet and Ed Rush and Optical all definitely in I mean, dubstep is a basically just a offshoot of drum and bass anyway, but I feel like their harder style influenced the much like harder quote unquote American bro step bullshit that, you know, now plagues festivals and clubs and all the rest. So um, yeah. That's something to note. But anyways, I want to touch base on his Penetration record label, and I'm going to just quickly go through five key releases from Penetration Records. Penetration Records was his second record label, maybe even third. He had Tekich Recordings, which started in 93 or 94, uh, to release his own productions and productions of Decoder, who he also started the label with. He was another... Uh, he was he was more like tech step, but with a bit of a funky side to his sound. And um, he then later made Penetration Records, which was basically all 12 inches that were all by Tekich and were all focused on the dance floor pretty much exclusively. They were harder tracks, like real DJ tools. And for those who don't know drum and bass, it's got a pretty uh, stagnant formula as of like up until maybe 2008, 2010 when they started really doing new stuff with the genre. But it's a minute and a half of lead-in and then there's the initial breakdown and all the main drums come in and then there's going to be like a fade out and a second like lead into a second breakdown and then the second breakdown only get even like crazier and then the outro and generally like especially with tech his tracks are between five and a half mostly like six minutes to eight and a half minutes mm -hmm. he makes some long tracks which makes it a lot easier to dj with and because he's a talented producer who keeps his tracks interesting within themselves for me, as a home listener, I don't care that they're not mixed. I can listen to any one of these records, like A side to B side, back and forth, over and over, because they the, the songs remain engaging in a way that a lot of drum and bass doesn't. And uh, you know, the final personal note I'll mention is that the first records I ever bought, and the reason I bought my turntable was because I was fucking in love with drum and bass in like seventh grade. Like it just completely changed my life and aside from the prodigy was the first band that i really like or the first genre i really got into the prodigy was the first band where i was buying like the singles and maybe nine inch nails came after that but i think nine inch nails really was even after techage for me um techage was a guy that i heard through msx fm on the grand theft auto 3 radio station which was essentially the 0.1.1 uh mix cd done by timecode which was a label sampler for moving shadow and it had a couple Tech Kitch songs on it. And back in the day, Moving Shadow had on their website, the Kilobytes Volume 2 first disc on Real Player. You could listen to the whole whole hour and 20 minutes on Real Player clip <laughs> back on my 56K connection in like, you know, 28.8 uh, megabytes per second, like awful sound and quality, whatever. But it got me fucking hooked on this dark sound. And uh, there was a record store in New York called Breakbeat Science that was like a drum and bass only record store. And it was near the Chandelier District on Orchard Street, right uh, down the street from Cats Delicatessen. For those New York listeners that know Cats, uh, which is famous from when Harry met Sally, and they have really great corned beef. Getting way off topic here, but. <laughs> Focus, Nick Ben. Yeah, so for my birthday when I was like 13 or 14, my mom took me up to New York to see Les Mis. I went with my sister, her friend, and her friend's mom which seemed a lot less like about me and my birthday than it was about them. But as part of it, I got to go to Breakbeat Science and go on a bit of a shopping spree. And my mom also bought me this sick Project 12 Simico record player, 
which I still have. And uh, I picked up Penetration 1, Penetration 2, Penetration 4, Penetration 6, and a couple other uh, drum and bass records, all of which I still have today, all of which are in pretty good condition, all things considered. And all of the Penetration records have dirty, dirty hentai pictures on the cover. Like, oh, yeah. in full, big fucking picture of, like, girls getting violated in the most heinous way possible. Sometimes the Tagich logo, like, blocks up, like, the really nasty bits. But I was like, Mom, can I get these? And she was like, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's your birthday. Yeah, and, and her friend who was with us was like, oh, let me see what you got. I was like, no, you, you wouldn't be interested. She was like, oh, oh. This is nice. I, is this like a Japanese art style? I was like, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> actually, it's art. Um, so thank you. Um, actually, but it's called hentai, and it's, it's art. art. <laughs> exactly. So I fucking was so excited to get home after that trip and play these records. I set up my record player, which had this, it had like a, a little fishing wire like thing, uh, fishing wire string that you had to hang from the back of the stylus through yeah. a little loop and, and hang this counterweight and it was like for my immature and um, impatient ass was oh my god I was just like I just want to play my fucking tech itch and I got it set up and I played the shit out of it and I would play Doom all day and I would just listen to drum and bass and this this really took a lot longer than I expected yeah. but now our listeners know all about yeah. me and they're, they're dying for more uh-huh. than that, I'm sure so um, so there are 23 releases on Penetration. I'm going to list five to me that represent the label at its best. The first one is Penetration 3, which uh, is the fear and release me. The fear takes its sample from the Dune movie by David Lynch and has the classic fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total annihilation. It's an awesome like rolling uh, track that has nice chopped up almonds in it and the the b-side is this very spooky track with this uh female vocals that say like come on release me and it goes over this nice like bouncing acid bass line and is really like they're just two different they're they're two rollers they're not like the almond smashers that he normally does but they're really nice one of my favorites uh the the next one is penetration four which is the ruckus which is like one of the original heavy hitters on the Penetration series. It's one of Tekich's most well-known songs. It's been remixed multiple times. Um, it's got the famous Bring the Fucking Ruckus, Bring the Ruckus sample, and it's just like this massive, crushing wall of drums chopped up a million ways. It's like eight minutes. It's, oh my God, it's so fucking good. The B-side Nitron was a track that took me years to really get into. And the first half of it's pretty good, but the second breakdown gets into this really like ominous sci-fi sounding shit. It's got like a little vocal clip in it that works really well with it. And I, I have a very distinct memory of playing Dune 2 with that song just like blasting, rattling the fucking walls in my house. And it's a, it's a good one. Those are both from 2002. The, the label was really prolific in the early years. So he put out 17 records in the first uh, like four years of the record label. So, yeah, he was like banging them out. And most of them are solid gold. Um, number 10, the pressure drop, or rather pressure drop with MC Jakes, and the B-side is Shadow Demons. MC Jakes was a guy who did a lot of MC work for Tech Itch. He has this really creepy sounding voice and always did these like creepy uh, lyrics and the song's just like, feel the pressure drop, feel the pressure drop, and then the, and then the pressure drops. There's and the pressure drop? Yeah, the pressure drops. And the, the it drop, actually rises. Yeah, wow. the drop is sick. They're, well, funny that you say that, because he's on a different song called The Rising with Tech Itch, which is like another anthem. Uh, but Pressure Drop is phenomenal. That's another one of the most well-known ones. 
Uh, I never, I didn't own that record until a week ago. I got it for four bucks in really good condition from some seller in New York and was thrilled. So I finally got to fix that hole in my penetration collection. But um, I've got a lot of these records. I've got almost everything on the label at this point. Uh, the next two are later ones. There's the 2004 Life of Sin and Dream Strike, which is Penetration 13. That's another one with MC Jakes. And it's like, I live a life of sin and keep smiling. And then it's got this like, 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 and then the drums are really, they're nasty. It's not all on men's. He's got some like good program shit in there. It's like I was there. Yeah, it, it's, it's a good one. And then Dream Strike is a really good B-side where the, the, the samples are like, you know, it's just a dream. It's like, it's okay, they can't hurt you. And then it's just got this like really like nasty Hoover bass line. It's really cool. And um, the last one is Penetration 17. This is the only record on the label that sells for anything expensive. And it's because Cryptic Minds and Leon Switch do the remix of The Ruckus. And Cryptic Minds and Leon Switch are Russian producers who have since gone to be um, bigger in the sort of minimal hard dubstep genre, but were originally just like sort of bit techages like very hard Amen based darkcore style. And their remix of The Ruckus is, I still prefer the original because I've heard it a bajillion times, but their remix is really solid and is a damn sight better than DK's remix, or I mean Black Sun Empire's remix that was on Penetration 7. Um, it's really, really good. And the B-side again is like absolutely sinister. It's this track called Replicator. And it's just like, it's a human form replicator and then has this just like swishing back and forth, like brutal drums and like stabbing sense. And uh, yeah, I fucking, I love this shit. And I have a huge playlist on my phone that's every single, all 23 penetrations in a row. And I can listen to that like all day and just be in hog heaven. I don't know, my musical tastes have not really changed significantly since I was 14. I wasn't as much into power electronics, but a lot of the shit I liked then, still very good now. And uh, I mentioned Prodigy earlier. We, li we listened to Fat of the Land recently on our way to the canoe trip. And I'm like, this is a great album. This is a lot of fun. So yeah, I love drum and bass, uh, but I also only really love a very specific segment of drum and bass, which is basically very specific types of tech step and anything related to techage. So if you're interested in checking out something on the harder end and you're not afraid of what is legitimately dance music, um, give these records a, a chance. He's definitely, and if you play Doom, put it all while you play Doom. Tell me that it doesn't totally rule as a soundtrack. It's like his music is essentially like Doom 1993 as drum and bass in 2002. It's, it's just the tits. So uh, that's my disco box recommendation. Yes. 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 You said the word penetration so many times. Yeah, you're sweating pretty hard over yeah, there. Yeah, I am. Really got me feeling some types of ways. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I have to say that it just, I there's stuff on Discogs. People are like, I can't believe who okayed this over. Like, this is so juvenile. And it's like, dude runs his own label. Like, he can do whatever he wants. If I run in my own, well, I do run my own label. But if I ran my own drum and bass label, you better believe there would be fucking hentai galore on it. Like, it's so perfect for the aesthetic. And I like that he just, like, didn't give a shit. It's like, oh, you don't think this is cool enough to sell in your store? You think it's like, like too gross, like whatever, like suck my dick. He's still the best. Suck my anime dick. Yeah. It will be pixelated and you will love it. Mm. Hey, hey, hey! Good, that's good, I like that. All right, 
Well, tonight we're doing something a little different. What? What is it? I'm scared. Don't be scared. I'm frightened. Poppers. And nitrous. Yes! That would be awesome. Dick Fetty is going to lead Weird News for the first time ever. And I'm gonna I'm gonna start off by saying it's a lot less weird and way more depressing. Oh, oh good. So I went into this hoping to find nothing but articles about gaping and fisting, and I could not find any recent articles about gaping or fisting. I was also at work, so there was like a limit to how deep I could go on the web right. for these types of articles, and it wasn't that deep. It wasn't elbow deep, and that's for sure. So I did my best, but um, yeah. We're gonna have fun with it. I think I think you guys are gonna like what I got for you. And if you don't, you're trapped. So. <laughs> and then that episode got zero. <laughs> yeah, you wish. All right, start it out. Okay, so first article: Japan's child abuse hotline may go toll free to reduce high hang-up rate. Oh <laughs> God! What the fuck? This is a fun one. I tried to mix in the fun ones and the bad ones. How is this fun? People are hanging up on people that are being abused? Well, no, they're not hanging up on the people being... It's not like people call in to hear people get abused. No, no, no. no. I know. The people that are supposed to help them. Yeah, that are going to report abuse. Are hanging up. Yes. Because the wait time is too long. And we all know what that's like. You call in. Press one for English. Press two for Japanese. Oh, so... Uh, you're not wrong. Actually, that is part of the problem. There and then, a very long wait time. Uh, wait, for what? Reporting child abuse? Yes. If oh your child's God. been diddled, press one now. <laughs> if they've only been verbally abu- abused, press two. If they've seen someone's genitalia that they weren't supposed to see, press three. To commit a false claim, <laughs> press four. So, yeah. Uh, basically, there are... There's staffing issues and budget issues as far as staffing the child abuse consultation centers and staffing the hotline. And they, so when you call the hotline, you get a message while you're waiting to be connected to an operator that says, this is not toll free. You will be charged for this call. What? And people either hang up because they hear that, like, because they have the analytics. It's like they immediately hang up. They're like, I'm not paying yeah. Poor child abuse. Jesus Christ, I got a life. Yeah. Or they just wait around for five minutes and nobody picks up the fucking phone and they're like, well, I guess the kid's gonna. Why would that not be toll free? That, that is a, a solid question. But the only phone call you have to pay to make is for like a sex line. Biggest economy in the world, man. Okay, so first of all, the hotline was only made at 24 hours a day as of 2015. Okay. So they're a little slow on yeah. certain things in Japan. Yeah. And it's one of those where there are cracks in the culture. For the most part, it seems wonderful. And then occasionally people get poisoned by vending machines and the vending machine owners are like, that's your fault, you're, you're dumb, if you guys remember that. Throw oh, back, I remember yeah. that. Throwback to episode two. And uh, there are other things like that where it's like, it's not our problem, it's not our kid. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's a stiff upper lip yeah. society. They make uh, British, don't want to make a fussism. They, they take it to the nth degree. And this is part of that. So, according to a survey by the ministry, uh, 4,166 out of 7,673 people who called the hotline by mobile phone in May were disconnected before being transferred to a child consultation center. It also revealed that 3,454 of those callers hung up when a recorded message explained that the calls were not toll-free. So, like, half of the people they called, like, I don't care that much. 
Which, I don't know, it speaks to a whole different aspect yeah. in, in uh, Japanese society, but yes, obviously. By the way, free. this call is not free. <laughs> oh, I guess my kid's gonna keep getting touched. Well, I don't even think they report uh, sexual abuse. I was just thinking on, like, you know, good old-fashioned beating kids, but... I didn't think that sexual abuse is part of that. Yeah, you're, I guess you guys are right. I just don't even go there, because that shit's so horrible. But, um, yeah, that's... Uh, that's number one, you guys. Jesus Christ. Anything hilarious to add to that? No, I don't know that that's a light one, Frank. What? You knew what this was. I don't think that I did. Well, I did give a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode. So. Oh. If you have a complaint about Dick Fetty's news, press one now. This call is not toll-free, and you will be charged 89 cents a minute. It will also be recorded for training. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, nice. No, I have nothing hilarious to add to that. I want it to end. I want the children to be held. Well, then go to Japan and do something. Yeah, you should donate monthly to the child consultation centers in Japan. I donate monthly as of last month to a hotline. Uh, what kind of sex? Yeah, okay. Rain. Um. Do you call them and they tell you whether or not it's raining in your area? <laughs> Rape, assault, um, incest, next national people. network. Mm. I used to really enjoy rain, not so much anymore. Yeah, yeah it's to help people who have Making yeah. love in the rain, I can't explain the joy it brings. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, at the earliest in 2019, they're going to probably fund it so that you don't have to pay anymore. Yeah, but they're not going to do anything today. Seems they're a very busy country. Yeah, they got. Yeah, a lot it of really stuff. is interesting culturally. There was, like mind your business. Have you guys watched uh, Dark Tourist yet? No. It's a very good show on Netflix where this guy goes to like dark tourist spots around the world. Like he did this whole uh, tour of uh, Pablo Escobar and like all this other stuff. But there's an episode where he goes to Japan and um, uh, what do they call it? They. they where the in Fukushima where the meltdown happened yeah. they have like areas where you're not allowed to go and then they have areas that they're trying to get people to move back into and they call it something ridiculous it's like it's like the not super happy area <laughs> or like something like that and it's just so it's just like classic it's so Japan. funny not super happy classic Japan alright well this one's this one's light thieves replace Paraguay police rifles with toy replicas that's <laughs> hilarious yeah. I would say Paraguay is in a country at least their police officers wouldn't have thought that was fun probably not yeah. and yeah. people getting shot with said rifles are probably thinking less hilarious but, but you know you go you go out you go out to take out an armed gunman and all you hear is <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, they got me yeah. you're like so wait, were these like tricksters or like activists? Neither. They're Neither. just people making a dollar. So they stole 42 FN Falls, which are a uh, 7.62 oh. rifle, like assault rifle. They stole the guns to sell them. Yes. That's, these are the guns. These are the no, type of guns. No, they stole them to free them into their natural habitat, <laughs> Which is Belgium. Actually. He's so, free! Yeah. So they're a Belgian-made assault rifle, and they can fetch up to $10,000 on the black market. What? Yeah. So, 
So ten thousand dollars a gun. It's interesting to me because I don't know how that arms deal happened with Belgium and Paraguay in the first place. Yeah, that's hilarious. Isn't Belgium like historically neutral? No. I'm thinking Yeah, Fabric National, uh, which is the company that makes them, that's what the FN stands for. They sell guns all over the world. Yeah. But I just imagine that Paraguay is the kind of place that, like, an AK would be way better because AKs are famous for their reliability, where mm -hmm. I don't imagine an FN Fall is necessarily the best gun in a tropical climate. Yeah. But what do I know? Uh, the rifles were put in storage. And then somebody broke into the storage and took all the guns. I just love the fact that they had the foresight. They're like, we're going to steal the guns, but <laughs> we're going to replace them with toy guns. Well, it's it's going like to take a month. Stolen them. Well, they could have, but I, I mean, it worked in the sense of it's now been so long that nobody knows who yeah. did it. And, you know, anybody goes peeps in there and I'm like, oh, yeah, all the machine guns are still here. And they're not. Hey, so. Pepe, go check all the guns. Yeah, they're still there. <laughs> we good. How, how did they find out? Uh, they went to go get them and use them, and they were like, these are not real guns. Yeah, right. Jose, come here. We're um, you remember when you put these guns in here? You remember how they were real guns? Can you tell me what this is? That's a, that's a toy gun, sir. Uh, yeah, toy gun. So, where are the real guns? Uh, ha have you checked behind the toy guns? <laughs> yeah, there are nothing but toy guns. Have, have you checked underneath the toy guns? I did. I, I like, like to them. imagine that they got very initially upset at Belgium. Okay. For selling them <laughs> toy guns. I don't remember this! Damn you, Belgium! <laughs> Belgium's over there just like, we, we are so happy. We're in Belgium, you know. Uh, They've got castles and stuff. We, we, we made waffles. <laughs> it's a horrible Belgian accent. I don't know what people I don't from Belgium either. What do they like, sound like? They, uh, well, they speak a mixture of French and German and a bunch of other languages. Oh, well, that was pretty close. Yeah, yeah, you're not you're not off. Yeah, you could have heard any kind of accent that's semi-European over there. Yeah, it's so, fine. I'm doing great. You're doing great. So it's believed that some of the rifles made their way into Brazil and others into Argentina, two countries where there's nothing but happiness and no civil strife. And all. big butts. So. Trail. Paraguayan media posted photos of the replicas and called it the most embarrassing scandal in the history of the country's police force, which I'm pretty sure isn't true. I'm not up on which countries had people disappearing in the 70s and 80s via their government in uh, Central America and South America. I'm pretty sure Paraguay did that too, though. Yeah. Is, that, is, that, is that, yeah, but is that like... Embarrassing? Embarrassing, or is it like impressive? Okay, fair enough. Uh, I know in Argentina they were quite good at it. They oh, just yeah. made a ton of people. That's why no one wants them to cry for them. Yeah. Thank you. Why gotcha. did you cut off my Evita reference? Because Evita sucks. Evita's great. Evita's not great. It's not great. I like Evita. Okay, well, first of all, no. I mean, as far as an entertaining movie, I suppose, but considering the amount of blood on her hands and her husband's yeah. hands, yeah. quite substantial. Uh, you know, it represents a terrible time in Argentinian history yeah. in a way that's fun and filled with song, in a way that it wasn't. Kind of like Les Mis. Yeah, I mean, that guy was a horrific dictator who basically sent the country's economy into yeah. spiraling shambles, and uh, as a result, we had the mass disappearances and, and abductions of the 70s and 80s. And we got the wonderful musical. True, I guess it did uh, produce yeah. something good, thank you. <laughs> Human suffering does have a price, and it's the ticket to see Evita in theaters. I saw so. it uh, live, so. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. That would be good. 
This one's less fun. Oh. Missing paperwork got him out of jail. Then police say he raped and killed. No. Jesus Christ. Why? So this guy seems like scared. You know, like not that intimidating. No. Bad guy. Very bad guy. So. Daniel. 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 Oh, I think it's supposed to be Daniel, but in that. <laughs> Ivana. Yeah, in that classic um, way. Daniel Drayton <laughs> was released uh, without bail in July. The judge did not know his criminal history. So this took place in New York. He was arrested um, for harassment and was put in jail. And then his out-of-state paperwork from Connecticut didn't reach the judge, even though it was sent to the judge and the public defender and all the rest. And they would have known that he had previous domestic violence uh, conviction yeah. and had been held on bail for $20,000 and done a bunch of heinous shit in Connecticut. And so the way it works, it's funny because I know this stuff firsthand a little bit from my job. Uh, the court sends stuff via now this uh, electronic portal and you get a notification in your email that it's in the portal and it's you're supposed to get hard copies of everything too, but it's pretty often in cases that you don't get your documents any other way than by the portal. And shit happens where you don't even get the documents till after your court hearing happens or whatever. And so basically nobody checked. The um, people that, the agency that's outside of the courthouse that's supposed to get all these documents, put them online and then send the hard copies to the judge and whoever else swear that they did it, but they weren't in the file. So by whatever mistake, the judge was like, this guy's fine. He hasn't done anything in the past. He's got no criminal history. What was the charge he was brought up on? So he was arrested earlier this year on charges that he choked an ex-girlfriend in Nassau County. By that time, he had left a trail of similar crimes in his home state of Connecticut. Okay. So they were like, well, it's a domestic. He allegedly assaulted her, but they, he's got no criminal history and, yeah. no, um, and like, no history of not showing up for court or anything like that, so we're going to let him out, which is a pretty normal yeah, thing yeah. that happens. And... Uh, but you base sentencing on Priors. the criminal history. Yeah. So, well, uh, let me let me ask you a question. Yeah. How long would he have actually been incarcerated if they had that information? Well, if they well, they would have probably set a bail. So it may not he may not have been incarcerated at all because basically you just get somebody to you know bail bonds you. So if your bail is twenty thousand dollars, then you have to produce uh, if it's ten percent two thousand dollars, and then you're out on bail, and then whoever's got the bail bond, like they're fucked if you don't show back up because then they owe the whole 20000 and it's normally like an outside agency that you do this. You pay them uh, to go be the bails bondsman. Like stuff. dog the bounty business. hunter. Yeah, yeah, like that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, so there is always a flight risk, but normally you have a family member pay, you know, pay, pay your portion of the bail and then you get out. And if it's really high, you get a bail bondsman involved and you've got a bigger incentive to show up because if they'll put a judgment against you and do whatever. So he probably would have raped and murdered anyway. Probably, yeah. But it's still, you know, it's a failing of the court, whatever, whatever. Unfortunately, uh, he then killed a woman and oh. uh, he raped and murdered a young nurse he met on the dating app Tinder. So uh, watch out, Tinder kills. Tinder. <clears throat> yeah, did that in Queens. And then he fled to L.A. where he was finally apprehended and had uh, raped a woman several times that he was staying with while he was imprisoning her and raping her and, wow. and they came and got him and they found out that he had done a bunch of other horrible and heinous shit Whoops. in Connecticut previously 
including slashing the tires of an ex and choking her out and, and sending threatening messages to male friends. And it, um, he's now confessed to a bunch of other rapes in New York and Connecticut. And so they're trying to see if they can find the victims of these alleged rapes. Uh, but not all the victims have come forth at this point. So he's probably going to get charged with a lot more. Although, I mean, murder and rape is... Yeah, uh, he's probably going to stay away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's uh, it's a bummer. There's uh, Germany or Russia, I can't remember, or even the guy's name, but he had killed a woman or two, and he was imprisoned, and they were like, you're fixed! It's And it, like, it wasn't like like he accidentally shot a woman or accidentally beat her to death. Like, it was brutal. It's brutal yeah. shit. And he left. Germany, or Russia, or wherever he was, I ended up staying in the Cecil Hotel, which is a very famous hotel for you true crime aficionados, yeah. and uh, ended up killing five more women. Yeah. 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 Speaking of Tinder, when we went camping... You were on Tinder? No. And he said, gather Tinder. I was like, he's saying that wrong. And then I walked a little bit, and I thought about the Tinder logo, which is a flame. Things just started playing with. Yeah. Wow. I know. So that was a pretty big moment for me. Yeah, you didn't have to admit that on air, but now we have it and we will memorialize it for all time. Yeah, this will not be cut out of the episode. Her name is <laughs> and her birthday. Well, anyways, I'm going to cut that joke out. That was stupid. It's like the episode where you realize where Reddit came from. Because yeah. you read it. Well, that was hilarious and no, also babe. interesting. No. You guys didn't fucking know that. We did. You did not. We all did. Yeah, nobody knew it. Yes, yeah. we did. Okay, that's fine. If you want to hide behind my so realization. So when you have a realization, it's hilarious and insightful. And when I have a realization, it's dumb. It was on air. It was in no, real it's, time. It's, it's cute, but a bit sad. Yeah. It, yeah. And that realization was in real time. You shouldn't take stuff for granted. Yeah. Are you a rock person? But anyway, <laughs> it, th this article, so I pulled this in my search for finding fun articles because basically, Terrifying. no, 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 but it was, it was under, it was in Not The Onion on Reddit, speaking of, and it, the only reason it was there is because of the tagline. Yeah. It's a New York Times article, yeah. but it's, to me, it's not like so unbelievable. I don't know. I guess because yeah. I'm an attorney and I see how this shit goes. Basically, it's up to the prosecutor to have the information he's supposed to have. And if his secretary or the assistant prosecutor, if he just, like, is hung over that day and forgets to print something out, like, shit happens. Yeah. Like, it's not a good thing. And I think the guy would have been out on bail and potentially committing crimes yeah. anyway. I mean, the, the title um, does come off It's a little silly. bit... Uh, uh, Missing paperwork got him out of jail. Then police say he raped and killed. Yeah, it's uh, clickbait. Yeah. So, way to go, New York Times. So coming to the trend. <clears throat> All right, this one's kind of fun. China studies Nancy Eisenberg's white trash to understand U.S. President Donald Trump. Oh, <laughs> my God. Wait, what is Nancy Eisenberg's white trash? Uh, it is a book. About white, white trash? A bestseller, White Trash, the 400-year untold story, or untold history of class in America is at the top of the reading list at the Academy's Institute of American Studies. Uh, the Academy being the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences. Wow. So. Yeah, they're really trying to get down to the uh, brass tacks there, huh? 
Yeah, so they think the Chinese stole their jobs and companies moved from the U.S. to other countries, said Zhao Mei, the managing editor of the Chinese Journal of American Studies, summarizing the main thesis of white trash. In Ohio, white people haven't worked for several generations and don't leave Ohio, she told reporters at the briefing on the trade war in Beijing on Monday. Trump represents the political class, that political class, and I don't know how China should respond. So basically, they're so baffled by Trump's idiocy channeling and general, like, you know, rich white trash aesthetic that they're trying to read books to figure out this guy's fucking motives. And especially because the things he's done, his policies and what he said and how they sometimes meet eye to eye and sometimes don't as they relate to China have just completely left the Chinese baffled in the same way that the Russians are, even if they've got their fucking hand in Trump's pocket and are jerking him off, are still baffled by the shit he does. Well, and I think that's that's the issue is they're trying to understand the motivation of Trump and if he is truly a wild card the like motivation I of a madman yeah, I do not think he has an algorithm I think he's a narcissist who acts on impulse so it's very hard to track that though I do like the way you said he's sort of his rich white trash platform yeah because I love that these guys are like worked in factories and are like he's a self-made man I'm like he's no, he's not. Billionaire! Like, what? Why do you he think he's he was born and serving you in some way? I don't know. He might not be rich when it's he dies. Weird. But I, you can't understand it. You can't understand the logic of a madman. Well, there is no, there's no logic. Like, yeah. he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. I mean, not I yeah, still yeah, can't understand that Donald I know. Trump is I know. the man in Home Alone I know. 2 I know. is president. I know. It's fucking terrifying. But, hey, I'll take this opportunity. Midterm elections are coming up. Everybody make sure you register to vote. Yeah, be registered and actually vote. If you don't vote, your voice won't be heard. And it's a very important year, so everybody register. Thank you. MTV, rock the vote. Glam up the midterms. Mm. It's a campaign that Billy Eichner is running, and it's really great. So you should also look into that. Glamupthemidterms.com. So I like this. Uh... In a sign of China's growing frustration with the Trump administration, Yu Yongding of CASS's Institute of World Economics and Politics blasted Trump's, quote, stupid decisions and said Trump was consumed by domestic political issues and appeared to have no interest in resolving the trade fight. This is amid all the tariffs that Trump has recently placed on Chinese imports. Tensions are related to President Trump himself, whether he can win the midterms or escape impeachment, he said in unusually strong public comments. Midterm elections will be held in the United States on November 6th. China is confused about U.S. (laughs) President Donald Trump. China was confused about how to respond to Trump's trade demands because the U.S. had not shown sincerity in negotiations, said Wu Baiyi, director of the Institute of American Studies. By the way, you're crushing with these name pronunciations. Thank you. So, yeah, it's all fucked up. I was sitting in my psychiatrist's office waiting for my appointment and Fox News was on. Number one, I have not known any American president to continue holding rallies once he was elected to office. This guy holds a rally like every fucking week. It makes no fucking sense. Yeah, who else did that? Yeah, Hitler. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Well, he wants to be a dictator. Yeah. Everybody he loves are dictators. Yeah. He has nothing but good words to say but about him. He, he was talking about... Um, and who was the other? Who was the fucking dictator? He recently was like, "Oh, he's a great guy." I can't even remember. Some fucking piece of shit. Yeah, I. He was talking about like needing stricter voter ID laws, which is, you know, just a 
employed to yeah. marginalize people. Yeah, of course. Um, but he's like, you go grocery shopping, you need an ID. You go, and I was like, what? That is, that is 100% not true. That man's never been grocery shopping. He's never been grocery shopping in his life. And then I like recorded it on my snap, on my Instagram story. And I was like, I don't, you know, I don't even want to give credence to his words. And then the next day I was on Instagram and like now this news was like, Trump thinks he needs an ID to go grocery shopping. And I was like, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one who was like, that. okay, that's. Yeah. All right. All right. I see two mug shots. This is going to be happy, right? Houston parents leave daughter home alone to see Godflesh concert in Detroit. That's... There's... We saw Godflesh. Yes, we did. You like Godflesh? Not Godsmack, bro. Godflesh. I'm asking if you like Godflesh. Yes. Okay, I'm just making sure. They're pretty cool. Lead singer's real beefy. No, he's not. Isn't he? Am I thinking of the same band? I don't know. They're the ones we saw in New York at the hospital production showcase. Oh, right. Who's the band you opened up for? Ride for Revenge. Ride for Revenge, that lead singer. Cool. Well, he's less beefy. He's just like a giant he's dude. He's like seven feet tall solid. with a pot belly. Long, blonde hair. Just like... He's like so... Probably drown a fucking puppy in your panties right now, didn't you? <laughs> what? He was. Dude <laughs> was attractive. It's attractive and sweaty. Everybody was sweaty. It was very hot. <laughs> so, anyways, yes, I've seen Godflesh in concert okay. no less than three times, and they are one of my favorite bands of all time. And so I saw this article and was like, ah, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> a keeper. I would leave my kid at home. That's well, they, these people you, look guys. like they went to see God. These they look like they went to see Tool. Let's be honest. These are less of a God. No, they look like they went and saw Disturbed. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's probably more more accurate. It kind of cracked me up. I mean, leaving your kid alone for extended periods of time. How is bad. old was the kid? Eleven. Yeah. What? Like they left her for three days. Oh! Uh, <laughs> yeah, they drove from Houston, Texas to Detroit. Oh! This isn't like, oh, we'll be home in four hours. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's a long Godflesh concert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they left their 11-year-old daughter home alone to travel cross-country for a concert. Uh-huh. Parents John Guerrero, 48, and Virginia Urand, 39, were arrested Monday when they arrived in their back in their home in Houston after seeing English rock band Godflesh according to the Harris County Precinct 4 Constable's Office. Wow. Guerrero and Urand left their spring home Wednesday for the concert that night, according to the documents. So, they got what, arrested. This is the 27th, so on Monday. So they left her home for like five fucking so days. So how did the police find out that she was there? Deputies found out the girl was home alone only after her great aunt called police to report the incident Thursday, according um. to the documents. Families, snitches. Well, yeah, somebody probably called the house and. Yeah, so. Hello? So allegedly, the mother told her sister, uh, not like the mother's sister, not the daughter's sister, yeah. to stop in and check on their 11 year old while they were away for the next week or so, partying up and seeing Godflesh. I get it because Godflesh doesn't tour like that much and they've only recently started touring again. Like, this and the kid's 11. Yeah, she's not wildly outside of uh, the, uh, the scope of things that could happen. Um, they, the cops eventually, like, when they got alerted to the situation, they called the mom multiple times, and she was like, oh, we're in Louisiana, we'll be home, like, any day now. And then when they got back, they confessed. They're like, oh, we actually saw Godflesh. 
And then you just imagine a Houston cop is like, who? You suck, is that like a church thing? And you're like, uh, not really. And then they look God flesh up a line. Now they're, like, they're satanic or anything. Yeah. But they're going to be like, this is bad. This is this is why these industrial kids are bad news. Yeah, you can't leave your eleven-year-old home alone. Was there was there a cocaine-fueled bangerang involved? Or? There's no mention of it yet, but I will be following the story. Uh, <laughs> when deputies got to the home to check on the girl, they found her trying to cook, which Aww. is adorable. I imagine some eleven-year-old who can't reach the stove trying to make spaghetti, and it's hilarious to me. Aww. I mean, it's terrible. But she's trying to cook. Yeah, I know. It's like. But I would not have made it. My parents left me home when I was 11. I went home from sleepovers like my entire childhood. Yeah. I couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't calling my mom pick me up type of girl. Until I was AKA like, the worst. Yeah, I was. I, I To this day, 27, still hate sleepovers. So maybe that's what it was. I mean, you have a sleepover every night. Yeah, it doesn't count. They're facing up to 20 years in prison if convicted. Wow. Jeez. That seems like that seems too many. Well, years. probably a little too many in this case, but I like that they're taking child abuse seriously yeah. for once. Texas has got a lot of it. There, there are wild yeah. people down there. So, for them to get riled up, you know. Imagine the parents like, all right, honey, we're going to go see mommy and daddy's band that we conceived you to, so you just stay breed like rods. <laughs> They should probably left Street Cleaner playing on the record player when they when they left her there. They're like, just listen to this and think you're with us, and your aunt Crystal Meth will be over <laughs> later to take care of you. Now the igniter on the stove doesn't work, so you're gonna have to use the lighter underneath <laughs> the sink. She's just throwing raw pasta into a pan. Oh, poor thing. Uh, I think this is the last sad one. You have a lot of child abuse tonight. Well, they're just, they're just, you know, it makes the news. So I read this article a couple weeks ago. This is some pretty heavy shit. Uh, so from child abuse to the dark web, Germans recoil at a mother's role. Berlin, uh, uh, August 7th, 2018. Uh, the case would have stoked public outrage if the mother had known her young son was being raped and had done nothing uh, to stop it. But when Germans heard that she and her boyfriend had raped the boy themselves, and served him up to pedophiles in the dark web, the fury only grew. What? So the mother and her companion identified only as Baron T, uh, 48, and Christian L, 39, in keeping with German privacy laws, were convicted on Tuesday of sexually abusing her son over the course of two years, beginning when he was about seven. Oh. The abuse included inappropriate touching, rape, and making videos that replaced his advertisements on the dark web for pedophiles, among them a German soldier, who paid the couple thousands of dollars to abuse the boy. Uh, I'm not going to go into tons of the detail because this is already too much fun. Yeah, I've got nothing. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, but basically... This is a weird news episode. <laughs> well, this is... It's not normal to abuse your child in this way, Jesus so... Uh, this was There was a long investigation. They found them uh, doing this, and then there was a long trial. So this is the end of a long trial, and they are going to jail for a long time now. So, her boyfriend was a pedophile with a long criminal history and uh, basically started making advances on the kid and showing him pornographic videos and buying him gifts and in exchange for being allowed to touch him, mom was aware, mom was okay with it. Basically, boyfriend was like, we can make some money. And they got offers, you know, could they be allowed to kill the kid and this, that, and the other, but basically they had all sorts of people show up and do all sorts of horrible shit 
to their kid, and uh, they were willing participants and all the rest. So, quite awful. And uh, a good example of a female predator that's not... What was that movie we watched? Oh, Don't Torture a Duckling. That's, that's the fun kind of... On the edge, you know, like, oh, get naked in front of an 11-year-old. No, probably inappropriate. But they're absolutely 100% not okay ever. Yeah, but in the context of the movie, seemed like fun. No. Whereas this is bad. Unequivocally, no questions asked, bad news. Moving on. No, well, I... No, uh, we should move on. I just, well, I'm half-joking about the Don't Torture Duckling thing, but, um, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm full joking. Okay, thank you. So anyway, I just, I, it was interesting to me because it, it, part of it takes place in the dark web, which, whenever I hear it, seems like somebody who grew up in the 90s and was like, ooh, there's that scary web out there, that yeah. bad stuff, which is very true and has always been part of the web. I mean, yeah. pedophiles have been on the web since day one, yeah. sharing pictures and addresses and all sorts of horrible shit. And pedophilia has existed as long as man has been alive. But it is, um, it's pretty terrifying to think of. Like, it's sweet that you can buy drugs if you do drugs on the dark web. Drugs, guns, there's, I mean, there's plenty of places on the dark web that don't involve molesting children. Right, but there are a lot of places yeah. that do. And dark there was a whole... The shit out of me, dude. Yeah, I read this very long article about the dark web and a guy who was researching it, I forget for what purpose originally, but then just sort of got like sucked into this very, like, multiple years of investigating all this horrible yeah. stuff. And the trend of what is called hurt core, which is basically everything from Vor and Crush pedophilia, like basically abuse oriented pornographic stuff and it's just like horrible people from all over the world using the Tor browser to talk to one another about like awful shit. So There's also like a bunch of urban legends about the dark web, like the doll maker the red rooms and stuff like that The doll maker was that was the guy in Thailand, right? I don't think it mentions where he's from What was the one where they, he had like abused all these young girls and the one was like abused for so long she started helping him do it and oh I read about this somewhere maybe it wasn't I'm, I'm, there, there's like a specific dark web urban legend where someone claims that they found this website on the dark web about this guy who essentially kidnaps women cripples them blinds them yeah I've read that um, Deafens them. Like, yeah, just, their maybe I'm just thinking of the conversation. Yeah, yeah and like feeds them through tubes. Yeah, like them from the ceiling. sells them as like sex slaves and like he's the, the doll maker. Yeah, I read. So when I was first reading about the dark web years ago and learning about it, that was one of the things that came up, and I read the whole thing, and I wasn't smart enough to realize it was urban legend at that point, and I almost got physically sick and was like, I'm never gonna look into this again. So here's a fun one. Meth conviction reversed after expert witness confesses to smoking meth. <laughs> <laughs> yes! This is what I've been waiting for. So this is from the Great Falls Tribune in Montana, oh, a Montana. state with a lot of meth. Yeah, that's Especially why you want to go there so bad. No, I just... It's meth and mountains. I like it. It's the two M's. But, um, M&M's. <laughs> so James Bachtel, who's shown above... He's the expert witness. No. Oh, okay, I was going to say. Was convicted for meth possession, uh, but his conviction has been reversed after it was revealed that the state's forensic scientist was likely high on meth while testifying for Bactyl's conviction. That's 
missing. Yeah. That's like the one thing you can't do. Wow, well, I mean, there's a bunch of things. Well, yeah. I mean, I know, but like, if, if you walked in the club and pull out your genitals, like, yeah, on so. the behalf of someone smoking meant to smoke, it's just the irony yeah. is rich. The court heard credible testimony indicating that Mr. Derek Thrush, forensic oh. scientist oh. for the state of Montana, stole items of physical evidence, namely meth, from the custody of the Montana State Crime Lab, wrote District Court Judge John Parker in an order issued Thursday afternoon. The evidence proved that Mr. Thrush, by his own admission, ingested meth into his system while en route to trial. He ate it as fast as he could. No, he smoked it. <laughs> uh, Mr. Thrush was likely under the influence of meth at the time of the trial, uh, and through his testimony helped ensure the criminal convictions of Mr. Bachtel for the offense of methamphetamine possession. But so, did he get arrested? Yeah. Yes. Was he an expert on meth? Because that would no, make it a little a, more plausible. What do you mean more plausible? If you're an expert on meth... You have to do meth. Yeah, you would know more yeah. about people who do meth than someone who doesn't yeah, do meth. So I would think yeah, I don't think you guys understand how a crime lab works. We know exactly how a crime yeah, lab you works. You can't take the meth from the crime lab. I get that. That no, was a mistake. I, I think you're, but I think if he's an expert witness mm. on methamphetamines... Then he needs yeah, to you, smoke You don't understand how a crime lab works. I don't know that you understand. Explain to us how a crime lab works. So the way a crime lab <laughs> works, so when you are presenting evidence, like drug evidence, like we arrested this person, they have this on, in their possession, this is the drug that it is. Yeah. The drug has to go to a lab of some sort, crime lab, drug lab, whatever you want to call it, and they have to test it and say, this is definitively that substance, uh -huh. and then they send it back to you. And they have to be able to produce what's called chain of custody, which is to say, cop found it on the guy, cop brought it to the evidence locker at X police station, then Y police officer took it to Z location, and then A crime lab person did this, and then B crime lab person returned it to you know yeah. evidence locker, and then at time of trial, B person who tested the evidence has to come to trial and report. Oh, they tested the evidence. Yeah. Well, precisely. But anyways, um, yeah, they had to do all this shit to, to prove it. And uh, this is apparently now the second time that the <laughs> Montana State Crime Lab has had a person doing the drugs they were testing. The other guy was doing opiates. He's like, this is definitely heroin. <laughs> feeling my heart. And uh, God, that man was we also get drug lab what, You know, I was just thinking how cool it must have been to be a cop in the 70s because there's no closed-circuit television. So you just, like, popping in. I'm sure there was CCTV. Or, like, CCTV being, being a cop in Canada, like, five years ago. Yeah. Well, I was, like, ten when all those really bad cops were going around. Yeah, that's Ooh, true. I used to... I, spent, I went to Camden two times before the crackdown, and it was fucking free-for-all. <laughs> two dude. times. It was Ooh. scary. Yeah. Place is lawless out there. I've seen, I saw a cop get paid off. Yeah, it was fucking nuts. It was like broad daylight. People, it was like we a slammed thing. into a car. He didn't move from his. He was like, "I got my money. You guys can stab this people if you want." <laughs> yeah, Camden was a mess. It is a mess. Yeah, remains messy. Camden is a mess. So yeah, uh, Thrush pled guilty to three felony drug possession charges as well as misdemeanors for theft and official misconduct. He has been fired, and uh, happy news for that. So not a huge shock that that happens. I imagine that's happened in New Jersey too. Thrush. Yeah. Classic name <laughs> for a classic method. You want to explain why you were laughing at Thrush? Thrush, isn't that another name for a yeast infection? It sure is. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's funny. So his last name is essentially yeast infection. Yeah. And I just want to I want to do this last quote. This uh, this cracked me up. 
Thrush admitted to having taken, quote-unquote, leftover meth from the crime lab evidence bags five to six times in the past year. They're just going to burn it anyway. He might as well burn it in front of his mouth in the class, too. Make sure it gets disposed of real quick. Yeah. So, yeah, I love this. This was definitely my favorite. Uh, (laughs) Most stories involving meth heads really just tickle me. Glad I never... um, Oh, this is the other sad one. Oh, you said you were done. Yeah, no, I lied. Is it child abuse? Well, chi- children were killed. Oh, thank you. Just <laughs> there's so many of them tonight. I don't know what to tell you. You have a particular taste. I think it's, like I think it's because he knows I'm having a kid. He's like, are you ready? Are you fucking ready? Charged with killing his family, Colorado man turns blame on wife. Ooh. Oh my god, I read about this. Yes. Oh wait, did this he kill his wife? Yes. Yeah, this blames is huge news. Christopher okay. Watts, 33, uh, had been having an affair with a co-worker and told his wife that he wanted to separate during an emotional conversation in the middle of the night on August 13th. And then shortly thereafter, his wife and his two young daughters, three and four, Celeste and Bella respectively, and his wife Shannon, Shannon, Shannon? Shenanigans? Shannon. 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 Just got one of those. Shannon. Just Shannon. Is it Shannon? Oh, Jesus. I don't know how to spell um, of 34 disappeared. And then he shows up on TV like, I just want my family No, back. I missed, this has been happening and yes. I missed it. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to slam him. I'm sorry, just, God, this is like a... Here's a picture of his beautiful family. I'll post this on the Instagram. What was it? Uh, uh, Scott Peterson, all over again. No, this is... Scott Peterson only killed his wife. This is worse. Oh, you killed your fucking kids, dude. Oh, wait. Frank will get there. Yeah. To the happy family. Oh, I I read the whole story. All right, yeah. So, the next day they go missing after the conversation, and then eventually he confessed knowing where they were, and he worked on oil derricks or like an oil site, and he had put both of the children in different oil drums, and then buried his wife elsewhere, and so near the oil drums. Oh, uh, where yeah. he killed them and then put them in there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be back for you guys. So, uh, his story now is that he got in a fight with his wife during that conversation, and then he came home and he looked at the baby monitor to see that she was strangling the children, and so he came back and killed his wife to prevent her from Although killing. I guess it was too late. And so then he was overcome with grief, and he buried their bodies in oil drums. Yeah, no, Classic Snowtown. Yeah, that's not how that works. I'm pretty sure grief doesn't work that way. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. When I read when I read the article I read about this, I giggled a little bit because it was like, because it was very like you know stringently written, and it was like, uh, police decided that that was not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, seriously though. Okay, so like for even forgetting the affair portion of it, like you see your wife strangling your kids, you call nine one one. You call nine one one. Well, you smack her up a little bit. Yeah. So uh, cherry on top. She was his wife, 15 weeks pregnant. And the day, the next day, when she was missing and he's making his public appeal, she was supposed to be at her doctor's appointment, getting to hear the baby's heartbeat for the first time. This is a gone girl scenario. She is driving away, incognito. They have her body. Well, in a perfect world. I still haven't seen Gone Girl. In a, it's a great movie. And we won't amazing, say anything more about it. It's an amazing movie. Have you read the book? No. You okay? But Ben Affleck is back in rehab, guys. Aww, good for him. Yeah. Oh. I can't imagine that Ben Affleck was ever sober. Well, he, he's, this is his third time in rehab. 
And all I ever see on like my newsfeed on Facebook from all the comic book things is like once a month it's like Ben Affleck will not be Batman. Ben Affleck will be Batman. Yeah. Ben Affleck will not be Batman. <laughs> so all I can imagine in my head is him going, I don't want to be Batman. <laughs> like I don't think. Hold on, hold on. You know, I actually really I like Batman. Batman. Like, I, like I, I think I really invite. Hold on. In Bat- no, I don't want to do it. In no. Batman versus Superman, he was fucking horrible. Does anyone else agree with me? I didn't see. That. I thought he did a good. I thought he was a good Batman. But I, I also do not like Christian Bale as Batman. But that's that's a whole nother argument. I I felt like, and maybe I'm just old, but I was like. This is Ben Affleck. I miss I am, Val Kilmer's. I am watching <laughs> Ben Affleck. I miss Val Kilmer's yeah. deadpan delivery through all of the Batman he was in. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's fucking crazy, and I have to read. I want to see the video of him crying asking for his family back. Who doesn't want to see that? I'll post that on Instagram too yeah. if I can. Now here's a fun one. Also, post a picture of the bat nipples. Okay. I like this light. Intense, late, intense. Thank you. I didn't want to go bring all us up, bring us down. Yeah. Really fuck with our minds. Had to talk about Batman. Didn't know what else to do. Yeah. <laughs> we regret to inform you that Rugrats now has a porn parody. No. Finding it was it was it was it uh, Rocket Entertainment or something? That's pedophilia. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Cause they're big. I was at work, so <laughs> already on it. It is with a heavy heart that the AV Club Rats. has learned <laughs> yes, the existence of a new Rugrats porn parody in which Tommy, Chucky, Angelica, Phil, Lil, and the rest of the gang are imagined in, as a diaper-wearing adults who, after decades of simmering sexual tension, remove the diapers and fuck each other. No. Guys, guys, Wood Rocket. Guys. Yeah, Wood Rocket. That's oh, it. They do all the porn parodies. They did a SpongeBob one. They did a Doctor Who one. So... Yeah, so this company, Wood Rocket, has done a bunch of other parodies, as you said. There's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one, there's a Pokemon one. Um, sort of only 90s kids will know. Yeah. Porn. Strokey Mom. Yeah, and so. Of course, the difference is that Rugrats were babies, and fucking babies is not okay. Not even at Motel Howl do we condone in any way, shape, or form the abuse of children. We truly, really don't. Yeah, who's that making that for? I don't know. Bob's Burgers one. Yeah. Nice. No, they have everything that's been popular. Rick and Morty. Oh, this ain't the Golden Girls? (laughs) Is it all Golden Showers? This is a porn parody of Roots. Holy shit! How did you not see that coming? What's it called? It's got a fun name. Wasn't that the one that had Dana Plato? Can't Plato's be Roots. Who, who was, uh, Can't be Roots. That's not her. Dana Plato was in porno though. You don't need to watch the parody. You just watch her to base yourself at the end of her drug out of life before she fucking OD. Dick and Morty. <laughs> oh, I wish I did. Wait, I gotta find the. I wanna find the SpongeBob one. Wood Rocket. Bob's Boners. Mm. These are, most of these are just regular. You watch these? Oh yeah, dude. So the the supposedly the Tugrats stress to see characters are now adults despite the way they are dressed, uh, and has such scenes as Reptar getting a boner and Chucky getting a boner. I would watch the Reptar part. <laughs> and skip the rest. Wait, hold on, hold on. They have a Fortnite one called Fortnite. Yeah, they they have a uh, PUBG pornos too. I would love to be the person that names. Well, my, my Lord of the G-String was a classic um, 
porn parody on Skinamax, and then there was also Play Me to the Apes, both of which I watched in high school very stoned with my friends and enjoyed thoroughly. And as far back as middle school, we were watching Skinamax movies as a group, turning off the sound, putting on techno, and then just doing our own voiceovers for them. Yeah. And it was some of the most fun we had. <laughs> uh, there's a Hellraiser one. I can't find what it's called. Dick Razor? I hope so, but I only I can only see part of it, and he's got little butt plugs instead of pins. Oh, that's fun. Uh, also, the name of the chick who's like one of like the head, like the porn stars that's involved in all of them. Joanna Angel? No, April O'Neil. Oh, that's fun. Which, if you don't recognize the she name, she's yeah, she's the reporter. Yeah. Good for you. I'm proud of you. I know, thanks. So this one's not dark per se. It's just more of a... 18 children murdered. No, no. It's 17 children murdered. <laughs> no, it's 16 children murdered. No, uh, it's just a reflection on these grim times. So, Does it start with Florida? It starts with Florida. <laughs> Florida House declares porn a public health risk shortly after denying assault rifle ban. This is from a couple months ago. Oh, That's no. hilarious. Florida lawmakers on Tuesday passed a resolution declaring pornography a public health risk. Then, less than an hour after they rejected a motion to consider a bill that would ban assault rifles. The Florida House of Representatives opens its Tuesday session with a motion to debate a bill banning assault rifles, which it rejected 36 to 71, vote with, uh, a vote within three minutes, according to the Washington Post. In the same session, less than an hour later, According to the newspaper, the legislature considered a GOP-backed bill to declare porn a public health risk, which passed it, which it passed by a voice vote. That is like such a great analogy for the Republican Party if I've ever heard it in my fucking yeah. life. Well, they're all secretly fucking each other. And boys mostly, yeah. young underage. A hundred percent. These are the dudes on the dark web paying ten thousand dollars to fuck German. That's really what boys. you want to do with the craziness of Florida: is take away the thing they're jerking off to, so yeah. they're all. Hobbled up on testosterone and then give them more guns. Yes, exactly. Also cocaine. Also cocaine. Yeah, and Florida's got that bullshit stand your ground law. Survivors of the shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School were present in the gallery watching the lawmakers voted not to consider the ban on assault rifles, and many have intensified their calls to vote the lawmakers out of office. Just a reminder to vote at your midterm elections because these pieces of shit still collect money from us, the taxpayers. Keep the porn. Kill the guns. <laughs> The only gun I want to be firing. That's not true. I, I fired guns and it was fun. Yeah. Guns are cool, but not anymore. So, <laughs> Just like Rugrats porn. <laughs> I'm gonna. I had two other articles that aren't printed, but I think we've got enough. I'm gonna end this last one on our favorite subject: more porn. Ah. Yes. Bigfoot Pornhub searches skyrocket after congressional candidate's Twitter spat. I actually heard so about wait, this. So wait, what happened? In the aftermath of Democratic Leslie Cockburn, which is just fun, Hilarious. accusing her Republican opponent, Denver Riggleman, <laughs> Cockburn and Riggleman, head-to-head -head of campaigning with, um, campaigning with white supremacists and being a devotee of Bigfoot erotica in a tweet Sunday night, the internet exploded with inquir inquiries at perhaps the most reasonable place American voters would begin to search for a topic. Point Listen, on. I'm going to buy this book. Oh, yeah. Like, I have to. What book? Please continue. Did you have the book in there? Yeah. Canadian-based pornography website with offices in the United States and the title of the largest pornography site on the internet saw tens of thousands of people visiting the website in search of Bigfoot and his sexual proclivities. 
The last few years have taught us to expect the unexpected when it comes to the politics in the United States, the Pornhub analytics and research team wrote on their blog on Wednesday. We're pretty open-minded here at Pornhub, but none of us were expecting that Bigfoot pornography would be the center of a contentious race for the U.S. House of Representatives seat in Virginia. Pornhub's research and analysis team reported that searches containing Bigfoot surged to more than 8,000% on July 30th, with the research team discovering that hundreds of devotees were searching for Bigfoot pornography on an everyday basis, even before the topic became a focal point in the Virginia congressional race. They have a delightful graph that has both Bigfoot on it and the amount of searches per day. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> so, of course, I started searching for Bigfoot porn, right? part of their analytics. Well, I'm looking through these and it's, it's like, okay, Girl sucking dick, fine. Girl playing with a vibrator, fine. One of them's called Hot Nerd Gets Fucked by a Bigfoot for 10 Minutes. And it's literally a video of a Let's Player or a streamer playing that Bigfoot hunting game. I don't know if you've seen it. But that is the funniest fucking thing I've ever there, seen on there's Pornhub. There's a decent amount of like Twitch stuff that shows up on Pornhub that's not porn but is hilariously named. And I love the world we live in sometimes. Oh, so yeah. the controversy erupted after Cockburn posted a screenshot of what appears to be Riggleman's Instagram account. The screenshot depicts a hand-drawn sketch of a naked Bigfoot with censored written over his genital region with the caption saying, Cover art for mating habits of Bigfoot almost complete. I hide nothing in this magnificent tone. Don't erase the censor box. Another screenshot posted by Cockburn, also allegedly from Rickleman's Instagram account, shows a picture of Bigfoot's body and censored genitalia with Rickleman's photograph superimposed over Bigfoot's head, with Cockburn writing on Twitter, from my opponent, Denver Rickleman's Bigfoot erotica collection. So, supposedly, Rickleman uh, had a joke from his time in the military, which probably was, well, I don't want to disparage anybody in the military, but whatever. Anyways, they were working on a like joke book entitled The Meeting Habits of Bigfoot and Why Women Want Him. Supposedly the book does not actually contain any erotic content and it's just like a joke and yada yada yada. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of backpedaling from a Bigfoot dick sucker. <laughs> hey, don't you talk about Bigfoot dick suckers like that. Cockburn is a two-time, this is the female Democratic opponent who's running against Mr. Bigfoot. Uh, is a two-time Emmy winner, an investigative journalist, and former CBS News reporter who worked at 60 Minutes, and mother of actress Olivia Wilde. Oh. Yeah. Riggleman wow. is a former U.S. Air Force veteran who once served as an intelligence officer at the National Security Agency. So, good to know that the guys who are peeping on my phone are making Bigfoot erotica in their spare time, which is what I would expect from someone. <laughs> I, so. I, I heard a clip of him talking about it. Yeah. I would love to hear him just well, explain Well, he knows that. his shit about Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> he really does. He like goes into like, well, when you're the NSA, you can find out about anything. I don't think that's that impressive. He's like, well, you know, there's different belief structures. Like, you know, like the old man in the mountain theory, that he's like a Native American, and like all this other shit. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, dude, just get a professor to edit it, call it scholarly research, you're done. I wonder, God, I just want, I, I want it to be Bigfoot erotica. Yeah. Like, I want to buy this book. That was a great note to end on. Apparently, Virginia residents are 38% more likely to search for Bigfoot when compared to other average citizens, according to Pornhub. So, yes, I will be one of the analytic statistics looking for Bigfoot pornography on a regular basis from now on. I looked. I didn't see anything. I hate to support the right, but I might buy this book if it does, in fact, tell me about Bigfoot and why women love him. 
because some mysteries need to be solved. Pornhub has amazing merch. And I really want a sweatshirt. Pornhub, we will rep you all Seriously, day. Pornhub, please us. sponsor us. Please. We're I will so wear poor. Pornhub merch every single day. Kanye West just got a free lifetime subscription to like their premium membership package. Yes. For ten bucks a month, I can have that. It's practically free. So yeah, that's my weird news. Backpacks. <laughs> I'm loving this. That was amazing, Dick Fatty. If anyone from Pornhub listens to this episode, just send us a T-shirt. Three of them. Uh, I'm a medium. All larges, larges are fine. Yeah, I'll do a large. Yeah. Oh my god. So, best buy. What you got? Do you guys want a best buy or a bad buy? Bad buy. Bad buy. Okay, I have to actually look up the director's. So, um, are you familiar with Adam Green? He's a horror movie director. Yes? Maybe, no. He did the Hatchet series. He did uh, another one about people on ski lift Frozen, which is what was his first one. I think he, I've heard of him before. Yeah, he had a show called Holliston. Anyway, um, he made a movie, he made a found footage movie called Digging Up the Marrow. And it had Ray Wise in it. So I was like, I fucking love Ray Wise, and I have a song. He's, he's the guy from Twin Peaks. He's plays, Leland. Yeah, Leland Palmer plays Laura Palmer's dad. Oh, okay. Hair goes white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have a soft spot in my heart for uh, shitty found footage movies. Yeah. So this I know. <laughs> I decided to rewatch this movie the other day when I was bored, and um, this movie is garbage. Now I love Hatchet because. It's just a slasher flick, and it knows exactly what it is. Um, digging up the marrow seemed like almost desperate. It, it, I don't. The effects in it were not great. Um, the story could have been better, and it had like one of those like really shitty twist endings. Where so, okay, so base is the movie. It is just so just a reminder. There will be spoilers. This yes, is a garbage film. Do not see. Do it. not see it. Um, <laughs> Which is probably why all of his other movies have gone straight to DVD since then. Anyway, so it it's Adam Green playing himself in the movie, okay. saying that you know like this guy contacted him and um, said he found real monsters, so that he go he goes meets the guy and the, and Ray Wise is like, oh yeah, you know there's this uh, there's these underground cities full of these deformed kids that disappear because they're taken by these other deformed people and. They have this whole society and... Sounds like Futurama. Sounds like The Descent. Sort of, yeah. Uh, less like The Descent, more like Futurama. Boo! <laughs> 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 the Descent is awesome. Yeah, The Descent Just by the rules. Way. I've only seen it one time and it was in the midst of like a coke feud, but I remember liking it very much. That movie is great because it's great. I'm not going to get into that. We're not talking about a good okay. movie. We're talking okay. about a bad movie. Okay. Um, and, you know, it, it seems like it has, like, a lot of, like, ooh, look who's in it, because uh, Kane Hodder's in it, the guy who's played Jason, and, like, some other horror movie names and stuff. And uh, I just, I I tried to watch it. So the, the movie, like, it just seems desperate the whole time. Yeah. And um, Adam Green's acting in it is pretty bad. Everyone else is decent, but... Most he's not an actor, he's director. He right. stay behind the fucking camera. Right. Um, he should have just made more Hatchet movies, which he has, and I haven't seen the rest of them. So I've seen the first one. first one's great. But 
Ray Wise in it is awesome. He plays just a crazy guy being crazy all the time. So he's Ray Wise. Exactly. Nice. Uh, still as handsome as ever. Looks like a tan leather purse. Mm. Nice. So good. Shrimp. Yeah, shrimp. My boys only eat the softest meats. <laughs> so he's like following them. They see some monsters and it's, oh man, oh god. And then the movie ends with um, Ray Wise getting kidnapped by the monsters because he goes back to it. And the monster, like, they set up these cameras to try to, like, capture things when nobody was there. And, uh, like, one of the cameras disappears, and you're like, ooh, I wonder if that's a Chekhov's gun. It is. Um, and the camera shows so back a, up at his house. Want to explain the Chekhov's gun reference? So, Chekhov's gun is essentially if you see something or read something that they, like, pay attention to in, like, a story or in a movie, they have to use it. Like, it's, it's there for a reason. It's not just there for no reason. They're not going to talk about this camera. Yeah. And like, As opposed to a red herring, it's like, this is something that has to play a role. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, like, nobody's believing him, and he's trying to get it, like, people to believe him. And the whole movie is just really bad. The um, <laughs> uh, second one, because I watched two in a row. Jesus. The first one ends... The, the monsters show up at his house with the camera and it's got a video feed of Ray Wise naked in the cage. He's like, none of this exists, and blah, blah, blah. Which is terrible. Um, the other movie is Blair Witch. Now, I know... F- no. I know you're not a, ri- uh, a fan of the original. I love the original. Yeah. Um, it hasn't aged well, but I do love that movie. I've never seen that movie. I like it. Yeah. You might like it. Yeah. It was a big deal when it came out. Yeah. I remember I, my couldn't. My mom wouldn't let me see it because she's like, "You're gonna get too scared." And then we watched it, and we both looked at each other at the end. I was like, "That's the fucking Blair Witch. It's stupid as fuck." <laughs> yeah. So paved the way for better movies. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, it paved the way for what you just talked about. Eh, it did. Also, Cloverfield's good. I heard Brave Encounters is good. My mom just saw the new Cloverfield thing, and she said it was really good. Paradox. Yeah, I guess. Awesome. Awesome, really good movie. You'd like it. It's a lot like uh, Event Horizon. Oh, what? Yeah, but not as demonic. I don't know, it's hard to explain. Is Sam Neill in it? No. Sam Neill's not in it. Where we're going, you won't need eyes to see. But more uh, New Zealand accent. Yeah. A little bit. And then um, fish from So Blair Witch had all this hype about it. They had like a secret name for it, and it came out, and it fucking sucked mm. and it's it's a remake no it's it's a direct sequel to the first one they go back to find his sister uh and it's been like an exuberant amount of years <laughs> they they meet up with this dude who uh, posted this video online of some tapes he found like near this tree right and you're like i wonder if this tree is going to come back into play yeah. and they some weird stuff starts happening and they get stuck in this time loop and you're like, this is boring because it is. And uh, they go to a house and it, it ends very much like the first one. Everybody dies. and But like, it's it's just this whole time loop thing that's just so tired and boring. Like, why why make a sequel to that movie? It was fine. You don't need to do it. So, they um, already did that. They made two. They're, I think they were, I think I've watched them both on Hulu even though they're free. Don't watch them. Yeah. Don't watch them. Watch a good movie. There, there are good movies for free. Yeah. Uh, it 
pales in comparison to any good found footage movie, both of them, and um, for the most part, stay away from them. There are a couple good ones. I really love Grave Encounters 1 and 2. I like the first Paranormal Activity, because it did some things that I like the first took some chances, and too. they created a genre that's been essentially ruined since then. I so. liked the second Paranormal Activity as well. We, Mariah and I have been watching all of them. Yeah. Guilty the second one, I liked even better than the first one. So, Sounds horrible. Don't watch either of those movies. They're com complete garbage. And um, have a nice day. Well, let me just say that the only found footage movie I really like, that I can remember offhand, is As Above, So Below. And while yeah, it's a flawed yeah. film, it's a fucking awesome film. Yeah. I just like stuff about Satan, so or the devil, or like hell. I only saw half of that movie. Well, I can't remember why I was interrupted. Yeah, that's sort of a shame because the second half the best part. No, I, I feel like it was. I watched it with one of you two. Oh. No? Nope. I didn't interrupt you with penis. No, I, my penis was not involved. Oh, you are? Okay. Wasn't it? Oh, 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 come on. Babe, I can't see the movie. Oh, oh, oh. Anyway, as above, so below. It gets a strong recommendation. I'll show you Grave Encounters. You'll probably like that one. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. So, great work, Dick Fatty. Great work, Ben. Great work, Flex You showed up. You showed up. You showed up. You're not drunk this time either, so. It's true. And you got us, like, a kind of decent tagline. Yeah. And it's 105 degrees in here, so if we don't stop and I don't get into an air-conditioned room, I'm going to scrape at the top of my box. Do it. Do it now. Nope. All right. Later, nerds. Later, nerds.